You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today is Twitter Tuesday, which means it's time to go over. I've got a couple of questions that are kind of backlogged that I wasn't able to get around to uh, last week. And also, I asked a special question of all of you. I wanted your late round draft crushes. You guys sent so many, and I made a bet with you. If any of you pick the right guy, pick the guy that the Vikings actually pick in day three, I will donate 20 bucks to a charity of your choice. More about that a little bit later, because we've got a little bit of news and I want to get to the other questions first. Also, I probably won't be able to cover all of those players today, but I am going to go over more of your late round draft crushes tomorrow uh, as I have time to. But first, let's talk about a little bit of news. So following up on what we talked about yesterday with the OTAs kind of going virtual, the voluntary parts of the offseason program going virtual, the Vikings offered that and the uh, NFL. LPA put out a statement on behalf of Minnesota Vikings players essentially saying, all right, we are taking you up on that. It was reported that the Vikings are giving the players the option to kind of sit out of anything in person. Of course, anybody's welcome to come, but if you don't want to, that's okay. And very importantly, if you decide to do the offseason program virtually, you still get your workout bonus. And up until OTAs, which come in May, and some of the parts of the program that come later way after the draft, most of the phase one offseason program is conditioning. And that's uh, a lot of activity that you can do on your own, provided you have access to the equipment, you can find it at high schools and stuff. So it's not a huge deal right now that they're deciding to go virtual. And then a lot of it is like meetings and walkthroughs and stuff. And you can do a PowerPoint over Zoom, right? So I think we'll see if this whole situation comes to any sort of head when it's time for teams to actually report for in-person mandatory camp activities. And of course, there's mandatory minicamp as well. So we'll have to see how all of that plays out. I think by and large, you can safely ignore this if it doesn't really matter to you how the Vikings choose to like lift weights. Uh, But it still bears mentioning because there could be like a labor conflict here. But there is no conflict yet. This is uh, all of the things that players are opting out of. I've seen people call this like a boycott. Uh, All of these things that players are opting out of are things that it was pre-negotiated that they would have the option to uh, opt out of. So no team has set a rule that teams are now breaking. There's no uh, conflict here. There's no stare down here. Teams have the option. Any player has the option to skip out on a voluntary OTA for any reason they want. They could have a date. It could be anything. And so basically, this is just them kind of making a statement through their union as a collective saying, we are all going to opt out because of either this COVID-19 protocol problem where you've relaxed the COVID-19 restrictions because it's been a year and you know you feel better and people are vaccinated and also because they they cite a decrease in injuries in 2020 which league-wide was true but of course the vikings were hit very hard because they just had really bad luck in 2020 on the defense they lost a lot of players um so that might sound kind of like a lie but the nflpa has been kind of citing games missed with injury time missed with injury as well as uh concussions in general being down like 30 percent in 2020 and basically saying hey we did this with no offseason it was clearly you know we were able to stay healthy if not be healthier so 
we think this is a good idea. Like the Saints didn't cite the the COVID protocols at all. It was all about, hey, we think this makes it healthier, uh, which or like a healthier process, which is interesting because that also kind of implies that this isn't just a one year thing, that they might actually fight to get rid of these programs entirely. Now, they don't really have a leg to stand on there until the next CBA, which is a decade from now. Uh, but it is an interesting idea that it seems like the if the NFLPA had its way and it doesn't, but if it did, they would get rid of a lot of these programs. So let's move on to the mailbag. Before I get into your late round draft crushes, I want to get to a couple of questions that I missed from previous years. The first one comes from Vikefan226, and she asks, Pierce signed a three-year contract last season. Do we have him for three seasons starting now, or did last year count as one of his years, even though he opted out? Um, And the way the opt-out worked uh, and even the way the like signing bonus stuff worked, I think he got like a $300,000 stipend and that's it. Everything else gets copy pasted or cut and pasted into future years. So you can basically think of it as a contract that he signed this season minus $300,000, which is nothing against the cap. So yeah, it uh, that last year more or less did not count as one of the years on his contract. He still has three years left on his deal. Joe Talent says, can you please explain 11 personnel? And I believe I've heard 12 personnel. So if you're unfamiliar with that, um, I talk about it a lot and I, I try to kind of have this conversation every once in a while so the first number is how many running backs are on the field and the second number is how many tight ends are on the field since there's only three kinds of skill player there's running backs tight ends and wide receivers uh you can kind of infer that if there's five skill players on the field and say 11 personnel one right one running back one tight end you can kind of do the math and say that means three wide receivers so 11 personnel is a three wide receiver set 12 personnel is a two tight end the kind of wide zone two tight ends two wide receivers one running back set 21 personnel is the old school you know you have a running back and then a fullback which also counts as a running back um and then you have one tight end so tw- 21 two one two running backs one tight end that's that's how it works colton persons asks how far do the vikings have to trade back in the first round to receive a second round pick along with the later first round pick from the team they trade with i believe the answer to this is 21 with the colts i think you can make that deal work i think it's something like that if you just want to straight get a second round pick and send nothing back uh you have to go down further, but if you wanted to say send 14 and 78 for 21, I think you get a second round pick back. I think the math on that works out pretty close. And if you wanted to go down to like 28 with the Saints, uh, you could do that. Or like 27 with the Ravens, you could do that. You go down 14, 27, you get a second round pick in return more or less. I also sent him a uh, an article that I wrote about this uh, earlier in the offseason. I'll link that in the show notes as well about some trades that I think are good ideas, some trades I pitched that like work out on the chart. Uh, and Dane Swanson asks, is is Percy Harvin a good Rondale Moore comp? And if so, would it make sense for the Vikings to snag him if he falls? Uh, never compare a draft prospect to Percy Harvin. I see it all the time. Don't ever do it. Uh, it's never Percy Harvin. He is an unbelievably unique player. That's why you remember him. Uh, it is because he is like nobody else, and therefore he stands out. I do like uh, Rondale Moore as a prospect. I think right now I would take him in like the high second, uh, but I, I'm going to look further into him. Hopefully I'll get to cover him at some point as like prospect of the day or in a mock draft Monday or something like that. Those are the questions I wanted to get to um, now for your late round draft crushes. But first, I want to talk to you about some over-unders that came out on Bet Online today. Win totals are out on Bet Online uh, over-unders. So for the Vikings, it's eight and a half wins. And remember, that's a 17 game season. So nine and eight, an eight loss season hits the over on, eight, on over under eight and a half now. So nine and eight would hit the over. 
I hammered that over. I think that is a very low line for the Vikings, considering all the injuries they put up with and the improvements that they've made to the defense and all that stuff. And I just think, you know, Mike Zimmer teams just have a way of finding a way to get to 500 and eight and a half is not that much further further away from that. And I mean, even like the the fears that I see of from like fans that are like afraid of mediocrity are always the joke is always ah oh, they're going to go 10 and seven and lose in the wild card round. That's the over, baby. I also hit uh, Carolina under seven and a half. I don't believe in the Sam Darnold Panthers at all. And as, I mean, if they're like going to start Trey Lance before he's ready or if they're going to play Mac Jones, I hate it. If they get Justin Fields, I'll be a little bit more nervous. But even still, it's like rookie quarterback, you know, winning, going uh, eight and nine or better. Um, I feel pretty good about that under. I also took the Atlanta Falcons over seven and a half. I'm super bullish on Arthur Smith and his fit with what the Atlanta Falcons have and Matt Ryan and their weapons and maybe adding to those weapons with like Kyle Pitts at four or whatever, or a big haul trading down. So I love what the Falcons are doing. I think over seven and a half is a bet I like a lot. If you want to get in on this, maybe you disagree with me and you want to short it and you want to make some money off of your opinions, you can go to betonline.ag. Sign up for free. And when you enter promo code locked on, when you make your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free grambling money, my gift to you at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. There is so much draft coverage going on at the Locked On NFL Podcast Network right now. There's Locked On NFL. You can catch me and Ross talking about some uh, draft fits from a fantasy perspective, as well as all the news and notes going on around the league. There's the Draft Dudes and the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast covering a more uh, broad perspective on the draft. There's the Ultimate Mock Draft, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the show. There is so much content. Go subscribe to it. You can find most of that on Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's an app, a podcast app or wherever you find your favorite shows, you can find all that stuff. Go check it out. For us, let's talk about some late round draft crushes. So I talked to you about some late round draft guys that you liked. I I asked you to send me your crushes. And this is kind of what we're going to pay attention to on day three, because covering comprehensively all 300 of them is impossible. So let's just talk about the people that you are in love with. And basically, I have issued a challenge to the world. If you can send me an underrated late round draft pick that the Vikings actually take, I'll donate 20 bucks to a charity of your choice. The rules for this are very simple. Uh, I am counting a quote-unquote late-round prospect as somebody who is ranked under 145 on grinding the mocks. I'll probably end up using the consensus board for this, and if he's off the consensus board, then he obviously counts. Pick 145 is the cutoff for the fifth round. So basically, somebody that the world says this guy should be a fifth-round pick or later, and they have to be chosen by the Vikings in day three. Only one per customer. If you sent me somebody somebody else had had already said, uh, I asked you to give me another name. Uh, and so you guys gave me a whole bunch of, there's no way we're getting through all of them today. This will probably spill way over into tomorrow. I hope you all don't mind talking about some late round, uh, draft sleepers for a couple of episodes here. But the first one that I'm going to talk about comes from Colton Persons, who picked Wap Fillier, a wide receiver out of Indiana. He's a little slot guy and he's got kind of eh routes, but he has a lot of burst to him after the catch. So this is a guy that's bubble screen and can be explosive or can catch a slant and be explosive. And that's kind of going to be his game, but he's like small, he has a bad frame and he needs to work on his routes. So I don't know if that gets him drafted at all. Uh, but if he does, you know, he might end up kind of having a, a Chad BB-esque trajectory to his career where he has to kind of earn his keep on a team. But then once he's there, he can kind of be part of that rotation for, for a long time. Uh, Terry Varchiak gets somebody we've taken in mock draft Monday before is Shaka Tony, an edge rusher out of Penn State. He was like the other guy across from uh, Yuturgos Matos and also uh, now across from Jason Owe. He's got a lot of flexibility. He's got like a long, lean frame. 
but he's kind of only a pass rusher. He gets washed out a little bit against the run, and that also doesn't work against certain tackles in the pass rush, so sometimes he can kind of die on contact. Um, so he has to gain weight to be like an every-down guy, and that's kind of the book on him. Luke Parrish said Cameron Bynum, cornerback out of Cal, uh, University of California. He's got a decent build. He's got uh, physicality. 180 pounds is a little lighter than you want. I'm not too worried about that, but he is coming off of a meniscus injury. He suffered in 2020, so there's always that, and and he wasn't too like fast or explosive. So the question is, you know, against dynamic NFL wide receivers, is he going to be exposed if he has to go play against Allen Robinson or, you know, uh, Devonte Adams? Will he be able to hold up or is he going to get totally burned? Um, and he gives up a little bit too much space on certain routes as well. Needs to kind of use that physicality, I think, a little better. Luke EVT says Janarius Robinson. He's an edge rusher out of Florida State. Another like lanky quickness agility kind of rusher. Um, he's got good length. He's got good explosion, got good bench. He gets washed out a little bit through size and leverage, and he lets his frame get open. So he's, he kind of lets people get their hands on him a little bit. I like Janarius Robinson just based off of these descriptions a little better than I like Shaka Tony um, in terms of a, a prospect. I could see either of them getting drafted, and I could definitely see the Vikings double dipping at edge rusher, even if they take one uh, in the first round. If they take, you know, like Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips or whatever, getting another edge rusher later, and I could see it being one of these guys. So I like these guesses. I like your odds. Matt says, take one Graham, defensive tackle out of Texas. He is a lengthy motor guy, uh, but his athleticism leaves a lot to be desired. He doesn't win with a lot of athleticism, and he doesn't have bend when he's kind of trying to like get to the outside of guards. Um, and so I, I think with his athletic profile, he needs to get better at leverage and he needs immaculate technique to make it in the NFL. It's the kind of guy you take a chance on as an undrafted free agent, but for your charity to get the 20 bucks for him to get drafted, you're going to have to kind of take a bet that you can get this guy's technique to a place of perfection. Alessandro Cosi says uh, Tommy Doyle, offensive tackle out of Miami of Ohio, actually grew up in Edina, so he's a, he's a hometown kid. He has very bad posture. That is his thing. He's got fine athleticism, and he can push, and he can do a lot more than you would expect for people that are going to be available down at this part in the draft, but he has to get his pads down. He has to get uh, better balance. His punch. Uh, so his punches are soft, so you need to reconstruct his pass sets from scratch, and that's going to be the challenge with him and probably why he's going to be available down in the 6th, 7th round. Randy Shield says Ellerson Smith. He is an edge rusher out of uh, the University of Northern Iowa. He's got a good build. He's packed a lot of muscle on his frame. He came into college kind of light, and he's bulked up a lot. He's still only 252, and he doesn't have a lot of pass rush counters, which makes him uh, a, a difficult prospect to bet on, but he does seem like a guy who has a decent chance to make a team. Uh, Purple Zato says Ken and Wangu, a running back out of uh, Iowa State. First running back here. I love the late round running back bets you guys are making, by the way. Really fun. Uh, so Wangu is a, like a big thumper type. He's a, a one speed kind of cut and go back, and he doesn't make the right read often enough, and that's the thing I think that is like crucial to him actually making a team. Um, but if you want like a physical running back that's going to like kind of thump people and, uh, you know, has enough top end speed to like home run it, if, if you want, if he can start making the right reads, then I think he can maybe find his place as part of a running back committee. Yeah, there is no way I'm getting through all of these. I'm only like a quarter of the way through it, but we'll get through as many as we can. Uh, in the meantime, I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. And I want to talk to you about your car. Did you know how often you have to get your oil changed? When is the last time you had your oil changed? Even if you haven't been driving your car around, it's still really important. Every six months, every 5,000 miles or so, get that changed out. Otherwise, it can gunk up your engine. If you want to be a DIY or you want to try to do it yourself or uh, just save on the supplies, you can go to rockauto.com because they will not 
upsell you as opposed to like a wholesale buyer, like a mechanic or something, uh, they will not charge a different price for retail customers. And they have a really expansive catalog to send to your maker, your, your model. They will serve you something that is uh, compatible with your car. So you can make sure you're kind of getting the right kind of part and you can save a buck ordering it as well. If you do order something, make sure you let them know at checkout that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, Ross Jackson and I are going to have to turn to a life of crime. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low price is all the parts your car will ever need. The Locked On NFL Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. You can just search it under Ultimate Mock Draft under uh, 2021 on Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you find your favorite shows. And it is here on Wednesday. That is when the Vikings are up at 14. We'll see if we stay at that pick or not. So make sure you go check that out and I'll leave you in suspense there. But you should also pick it up for now. Uh, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. Matt Williamson was a scout for years in NFL teams uh, are kind of hosting the whole thing. Guys like Michael Irvin and Brian Baldinger and, and a ton of awesome uh, NFL media talent Jason Lockenfora are all helping break down the picks as well as people from like Locked on LSU or Locked on Michigan, the college version of this show, as well as all of us Locked on NFL hosts uh, making the picks for our respective teams. It's a really cool project. A bunch of people worked really hard on it, and it's a super, super cool product. Their hard work paid off. Please go come listen to it. As for us, let's keep talking about some late round guys that will be forgotten by the national eye. Drew Christensen is next. He said Shy Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina. I think somebody else who's been in a mock draft Monday, uh, if I remember, he is, uh, he, he's got steady Eddie written all over him. He's the kind of guy that I feel like could just catch three passes a game and kind of be that rotational guy. Um, and he also has some kick return skills. His routes, I don't love. They, they drift. He can get redirected by more physical corners, and there are a lot of other like technical issues. So if he can learn routes, he can make a team, and he can probably be a, a nice rotational possession type receiver. But it's all a matter of like how that develops to see if he can find his way in the NFL. Uh, Forrester said, Emir Smith-Marset. He's a wide receiver out of Iowa, who is a much different type of wide receiver. He is like a gadget player, and he gets pushed around, and he's small, and he uh, needs to learn releases, I think, from scratch. I think he needs to learn. He's reconstruct his releases entirely. He needs to think uh, with a little bit. He needs to have a little more forethought on them. He needs to learn how to use his hands entirely. That's the big problem with him. But he's really dynamic after the catch, and he's got a lot of burst and really cool highlights. I know Nate Tice is like obsessed with him, um, so I can see him maybe catching on. But he has to be able to get off the line of scrimmage. Otherwise, press corners are just going to crush him. Uh, Bar none says Charles Snowden, linebacker out of Virginia, another mock draft Monday. Oh, alumnus. Uh, he is a long, rangy linebacker. He uses his length to carry blocks in the run. That's a huge skill that you usually don't see in late round rookies, um, but he doesn't have a lot of power and the game has not slowed down for him yet. He needs to be able to make those reads and uh, learn his run fits a little bit better and he can get caught out of position a little bit too often, but there's a lot of ability and he's rangy in coverage. That's a huge thing for Vikings linebackers. Michael Cox brings us a running back, JV and Hawkins running back out of Louisville. He is an unbelievably like outside zone all the time kind of guy. He's also kind of one cut and go. He does doesn't like sift through the second level like you would hope for a guy with his athleticism, but he's very patient around the edge. His whole game is getting the edge on outside zone, and he's very good at doing that not only with a lot of burst around that edge, but by kind of picking his spot wisely. So I, I really like him actually as a as a scheme fit for the Vikings. He's not a master at kind of sifting through the rapids, I guess is a way to put it, when when you're actually in the second level.
level, but I think that's also secondary. Getting around that edge a lot of times is all you need to make the play successful. Uh, MN Sports W, the elusive, the elusive MN Sports W, uh, says Austin Watkins, wide receiver out of UAB. He is a pure contested catch physicality guy. Uh, he can get open if he can bully a corner, but he's not going to outrun anyone. He's not going to juke anyone out of his shoes. If you can give him a, a route that breaks within five yards so he can push somebody off of him without getting an illegal contact penalty, you can do it. Uh, but he needs to learn a lot of, of agility and kind of more like route running basics. There's a lot to construct with him, uh, which is why he'll be down here in the later rounds. Carter Plowen has who I'm going to call the prospect of the day. Darius Stills, defensive tackle out of West Virginia. He's like a motor guy, a lot of first step quickness. And I think he's that's the kind of guy the Vikings are going to like. That explosive first step is huge for defensive tackles. And of course, NFL teams are going to love, you know, guys that get effort sacks. They always fall in love with that. Um, but I think the the knock that he has, this is one that Lance Zerline pointed out, and it's a really interesting one. It's why he's a player of the day is that he tries to backdoor reach blocks too often. So if you want to reach block, watch Garrett Bradbury on run plays. He does these all the time. That's getting around a guy to like, you, you know, he will start behind a guy as the play goes. So if the run is going to the right, you're starting to his left and you have to get across his face around him and seal him off to the other side. It's a really difficult block. And a lot of times if you're getting reach blocked, you will just let that guy get in front of you and just kind of back, that's why they call it a backdoor thing. So you you will let him get to your right and just go attack to the left, get in the backfield and penetrate. The problem with that is that a lot of times the running back is long gone. And the reason the reach block is constructed that way to be kind of weak to that backdoor is because the running back is going to, you know, kind of clear out that space. So if you choose the backdoor, you're starting from behind and that's not going to fly as much in the NFL, especially in NFL run schemes that are a little bit different than maybe what they do at West Virginia or in college in general, where you need need to kind of hold your gap a little bit better. You can't just choose any which way you want to go and penetrate. If you're out of your gap, you're going to give up a big run. Um, so I, I think that's something that he needs to learn, but it's uh, a really cool thing to think about, I guess, from a technique angle and something that does seem pretty fixable. Aaron Egrick says Ambry Thomas, a cornerback out of Michigan. I love Ambry Thomas. He's one of my favorite late round guys. He's a good special teamer. He's a good tackler. He can mirror. He can uh, pass off in zone. He's got a lot of polish already. He's a little grabby. He's a little bit small and can get out muscled. So it's all going to be about stature. But as like a depth corner, as like a backup corner, like that is a package I will take out of the box and put as my, you know, my cornerback five. JH9509 says Simi Fahoko, wide receiver out of Stanford. He might be my favorite late round guy. I want to take him every mock draft Monday and I took him in the first one and I can't take him anymore. He's a big physical guy. He plays maybe slower than he tested. Um, so he doesn't like burn guys and get that, the, that kind of separation that way, but that's fine for like a possession guy. And he also has the athleticism to maybe, um, you know, if he gets better steps and better strides and he can kind of drill those things, uh, maybe get faster as he kind of learns the sport a little bit better, but a physical possession contested catch guy. Um, and he was like dominant in Stanford in that role. I love it. Uh, and the last one that I'm going to talk about today, I only got through like half of them. So if you sent me one and I didn't talk about it today, t tune in tomorrow is Joshua Kando, the defensive end out of Florida State. He is another one of these like athletic, really long, really explosive defensive ends. Um, he's got a little bit of a power issue, but I think the answer, the question that is the key to him is why didn't he get as much production as that profile would imply at FSU. And there are a lot of answers to that question that are just not necessarily his fault at all. It could be the way the fronts were. It could be the assignment that he had. And I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with uh, the Florida State Seminoles defense to be able to answer that question. 
But I think whatever the answer to that question is, that's the key to kind of seeing if he's going to be somebody who makes it in the NFL. But he has the profile and the athleticism where even if it is like, oh, well, it's because he didn't have like pass rush counters, like, well, then that's, you know, the thing he has to develop and he still can absolutely overcome and make make a team and figure that out as his rookie contract kind of progresses. A lot more of these guys coming. Uh, I'm going to get into them tomorrow, probably unless some news comes up. So make sure you stick around. Make sure you go listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, and I'll see everybody tomorrow. And as always, Skull.